0: and welcome to 5-Hole Fantasy Hockey. Today we got a fun one lined up for you guys. We got our boys from DL Hockey joining us later on for now. It's myself, TJ Branson, and my co-host, Zachary Vogel. Hey, hey, hey. So we got a bunch on the docket today. Subban gets traded. JT Miller goes to Vancouver. Panarin and Bobs are visiting the Panthers today. They're visiting the New York teams tomorrow. Uh, the draft is set in stone. Marlow to Carolina. There's a bunch of speculation surrounding um, RFAs, et cetera, et cetera. So let's get right into it, man. Uh, Subban to New Jersey. This had to have been the biggest move of the weekend, of the draft, of of everything. It's the news this week, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, in in general, you got to think the teams are going to look really different next year. So fantasy impacts are going to be abound. And with Subban going to New Jersey, it definitely is.
0: Do you think this boosts his stock? Uh, Do you buy into the whole Subban is in decline uh, rhetoric that's going around right now? Where where do you place him? I mean, it's it's still a little too early to talk where we're gonna draft him and stuff like that. He was on a 40 point pace last year. We gotta think that he's gonna beat it.
1: I'm having a I'm thinking that this definitely boosts his stock. I, I like where he's at. I mean, he doesn't have as many people to compete with on the blue line yeah, like he did in Nashville. That's a huge one. He's gonna be automatically plugged into that that first power play, and he's gonna have really good forwards to work with. The fantasy impact of this trade is, is huge as far as I'm concerned. It really boosts that first power play unit, which is going to have Hughes and Taylor Hall and Nico Heischer on it. Like, geez, come on.
0: Yeah, that that looks good. All right, so let's, let's take a look at the numbers here. Uh, last year, the year that everybody says that P.K. Subban um, started his decline, or you can say he had a down year. I'm one of the people that says he had a down year. He played on the Nashville power play, which was abysmal. It was last in the NHL, converted almost 13% of the time. Almost 13. That's not something you hear very often. Uh, P.K. Subban had 10 power play points last year. That's two goals, eight assists. And in 17-18, he had 25 power play points. So that was in a full season, mind you. But his 18-19 power play point point pace, geez, that was not easy to say, uh, was only 13 power play points. So right there, you got 12 missed points. And New Jersey's power play is nothing really to brag about. They were ranked 21 this year at almost 17.7%, but that's last year, a year that Hall missed most of. And A lot of what we're going to be saying about New Jersey, whether it comes to Jack Hughes or P.K. Subban, is whether or not Taylor Hall is healthy, and that's a big part of it. He he's just not been there as much as he should be. I mean, it's hard because we can't really use last year's power play numbers to predict power play percentage for next year. But if we take the 17-18 power play percentage, which Hall was a big part of, the Devils were ranked number 10, and they were converting at 21.4%. So hopefully, uh, if we can get a healthy Hall and a Devils power play that can benefit from that, we can assume that P.K. Subban is going to haul in close to those 25 power play points, given um, that same year that he scored those 25, he was on a Nashville power play ranked 12 at 21.2. So I think that's a that's a pretty good comparable right there.
1: Like we were saying, it's definitely going to help him. I'll tell you what, one of the reasons why I just feel like it's going to help him, Taylor Hall is going to get a ton of points this year. Next year, he's an unrestricted free agent.
0: I always like those, uh, those contract year players.
1: He's going to have to come out and score big.
0: Whether or not he wants to stay on New Jersey or not, he's going to put a really good year together.
1: I, I really do think so. I mean, maybe not as fantastic as he was two seasons ago, mm. but if he does that, he's going to have to. He's going to command a lot of money in free agency. Whether it's from the Devils, in my mind, make these kind of moves because they want to. They want to show Taylor Hall they're serious.
0: This reminds me a lot of what they did with uh, John Tavares last year. Um, they got the. They got Lou Lamorello. They got a new coach. Um, they do all these things to, to kind of butter him up a little bit. Who knows? Maybe Taylor Hall does go for that. Maybe maybe they do take a swing at like a Nyquist or a Zuccarello for a winger. And they they make more moves to make New Jersey a more comfortable place to contend and something that he can see himself being a part of. They need I, I to
1: they need to go get Bob's.
0: They yeah, they definitely need to do something at goal. That Sir would Schneider. Be,
1: dude, that would be big time, and they have the cap space to do it.
0: If they don't go for Bob's, if you ask anybody, and I agree, he's going to wind up in Florida. You still got Leonard on the market. You still got Smith on the market. There's there's options there.
1: I'd rather have Leonard than Smith, I think.
0: Yeah. PK Subban, we're both in agreement. He is 100% the top power play guy. You, you don't have Severson, Butcher, Vatnin, Andy Green knocking on that number one door. So you're going to assume that he's going to have better deployment than he did when he was battling with Yosti. Like you were saying that There's no competition there for him. He is Uh number one without a doubt. And I think, again, it relies on Hall staying healthy. Without Hall, there's not much forwards that can be a game breaker on the power play for Subban to play with. And I think given a healthy season from Hall, it's easy to put P.K. Subban back into that 50-point range. He's obviously got upside for like 60, but... Yeah, I was going
1: to say, I like that over.
0: Yeah, I think I would would take the over.
1: I like that over in a big way.
0: But I get into it a little later here. Taylor Hall misses on average 16.875 games a year. That's that's twenty-two percent of the his games over the course of his season. So if you don't have Taylor Hall for a quarter of the season, just on average, I mean we saw it last year. He played what, like thirty, thirty some odd games. That's that's gonna that's gonna affect PKC Ben in a certain type of way. Um
1: choose Usher and Palmieri. I mean, right there. And you still have Blake Coleman, who is sneaky as fuck. Right now you're you're thinking, what Blake Coleman is on the second line with Heesher and Paul Mary? Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. not too fucking shabby.
0: I was looking at Daily Faceoff. They have both of the power play units set up as three forwards, two defensemen, with Will Butcher and PK Suban on the blue line for the first power play unit. It was Severson and Vatanen on the second power play.
1: Will Butcher, you gotta go.
0: <laughs> you gotta Stop. go. You
1: gotta go, man. You've got to go. So
0: just exploring that um, you could be looking at Hughes hall and Paul Mary forward group on the top power play with someone like butcher and Subban on the back line, given that PK Subban is more of an offensive guy. Uh, you could argue that he kind of counts as a forward in this case. So let's spread our forward group down to power play two. And that would create a power play two with Vatten and Severson. He Zajak, and Brett. So that takes Blake Coleman completely off the power play, which would, which would be detrimental to his value. He's still got even strength value and, uh, he offers stuff in the way of peripherals, but the more likely scenario, in my opinion, is that they go four forwards, one defenseman on the first power play, and maybe three and two on the second. I would set it up like Hall, Heischer, Palmieri, and Hughes with PK on the back, and then a power play two that would be Coleman, Zajac, Brat, Vatnin, and then one of Butcher or Severson. I just I just can't see having Will Butcher on your top on your top power play when you have guys like PK Suvin and Hall. I whole
1: well agree. And I'd also rather have Blake Coleman on that second PP.
0: So, all right. Uh, who does this hurt with PK Subban coming in?
1: Well, it hurts the rest of the defense. Everybody except for Sammy Vatnin, who, who's going to get some ancillary points.
0: Yeah. We're going back to that one. eh? Oh, don't,
1: don't think I didn't forget you. Oh you man. Snobby motherfucker. You <laughs> and your
0: words, not that, uh, butcher Vatnin or Severson, have really like a make or break ability on your fantasy teams, but they're definitely like cogs in the wheel of certain decors around the fantasy community. Um, they're not guys that you're going to rely on as your best defenseman, and, and if you do, you got bigger problems. PK Subban's not in New Jersey to be the power play two quarterback. He's not there. I think it's an easy swish saying that he is power play one without any shadow of a doubt. He's also going to be top pairing without a shadow of a doubt. So it so pushes the ret- other people down. Yeah, it pushes them down a peg, but it also makes the Devils more formidable and could have an effect on the team as a whole, given putting PK Subban at the top of everything instead of like Damon Severson or Sammy Vatanen, you're going to look more intimidating. You're going to gain confidence. You're going to win more games because now you kind of think of them as a real team. You know what I mean? Not just Taylor Hall and company. You know, you think of them. All right, they got Hall. They got Subban. They got some pieces that they can work around. I I didn't take, especially without Hall last year, I I didn't take. The Devils seriously, and I don't think anybody else did. But now you got Subban, you got Hall. Uh, they they seem like a real team that could make a push. And I think with that confidence, you give people like Severson less minutes. They stay fresh. They're playing less lesser quality of opponents. Open him up to have more confidence and more and the, ability. to The down Devils
1: the road. are pretty solid down the middle too. Yeah, so, I mean they got- interchangeable Heisher and Hughes on the top two. Then you have Travis Ajak as your number three, and Pavel Zaka as your as your number four center. That's not bad.
0: Yeah, it's not top five of the league, but it's not bottom five anymore. So yeah,
1: that's
0: pretty. Popelzaka
1: good. as your as your number four. Okay, I yeah. can see it.
0: How about in Nashville? What is this? Who does it help? Who does it hurt? I don't. I don't see really hurting anybody.
1: Yeah, I don't see it hurting anybody either. I see it. I, actually, I see like addition by subtraction.
0: They were one of the teams that had defense to spare. I mean, it's nice to have PK Subban and everything, but they could afford to get rid of him, especially with the speculation that his salary is going to go towards Matt Duchesne. So like you were saying, addition by subtraction. So they're going to get rid of PK Subban and bring in possibly Matt Duchesne. But you were you were saying earlier, it looks like Yossi definitely has that number one power play lockdown because he and PK Subban were kind of button heads about that first power play unit. And better yet, Dante Fabro gets to sniff regular NHL time. And then mm-hmm. you got Ellis and Ekholm, they're going to see more power play two time. And it could even be if 2D makes it onto one or both of the units, then you could see a bump in production from Ellis and Ekholm. I think Ellis is probably going to be the guy for power play two if it's four and one. But uh, if you go three, two, then I think it would be Yossi and Ellis. And if they get Duchesne, obviously it's going to be four and one. You got Forsberg, Arvidsson, Johansson, Duchesne, and Yossi on power play one. Power play two wouldn't be that bad either. I mean, you got... Eckholm, Grandland, who I even forgot was on Nashville, Cal Turris, Craig Smith, Yarn Croak, anybody, you know, that power play too would be pretty good.
1: I like me some Craig Smith. He is, he's, <laughs> he's sneaky. They just
0: brought in that guy, Dan Lambert, who uh, he was the former head coach for the Spokane Chiefs for the last two seasons. And he led the WHL with a power play of 29.1%. And then when they went to the playoffs, their power play was clicking at 36.1. So bringing in this guy Dan Lambert to hopefully overhaul the Nashville power play that was last in the league last year. Hopefully we'll see, you know, more power play points out of everybody down there. Uh, you got anything else about this PK Subban one?
1: No, I mean, I think it's honestly, I think it's a slam dunk for both sides. Um, Especially I, I think that Nashville gets out from underneath a contract, which they needed to get out of so that they can pay other people. When you still have uh, Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matias Ekholm, and then Dante Fabro as your top four, me likey. Yeah.
0: That's,
1: me that's likey. Not at all. Uh, they're, they're not hurting for defensemen, so they could easily get rid of that contract. And then adversely, even though the Devils are picking up that contract, dude, it, it's a smart move. I don't like the Devils, but I think it's it's going to boost their fan base. It's going to boost the morale of the team. It's showing that they want to do something. Yeah. yeah and, and, I, and I will say that Jersey definitely needed that. Now all they need to do is go out and get a goalie and they'll they'll really be a fucking team to, to reckon with.
0: Yeah. I agree. I'm not
1: going to want to play them.
0: And we'll, we'll talk more about like where we're going to draft him, you know, later on in the, in the summer here. I still, I don't want to get in. My lists aren't done yet. So
1: yeah, I was going to say in all honesty, I don't, I don't even have an answer for that right now. Like yeah. you, even if you did ask me, I am not, I'm not prepared.
0: All right, guys. We promise we're gonna have lists, but uh, not until later on.
1: Well, I was telling TJ those those are some of my favorite episodes. The list, the list episodes. I fucking love the list episodes. They're so much fun. And I then think, when you end up being right, it's even more fun.
0: Yeah, your your lists are pretty much spot on most of the time. So that'll be that'll be fun. I'll be able to pick your brain on that one. What do you think the next biggest trade, as far as fantasy goes, at least, is the. Uh, the JT Miller one, I think, you know, I'm just scrolling here. That's, that's about it. I mean, we covered Truba in last week's episode. So
1: uh-huh.
0: JT Miller to Vancouver, this is going to be great. Especially um, I was looking at an interview with Travis green and green was saying, wh- where do I have this quote here? Coach Travis green was saying at the draft um, he, in an interview that they have been looking for someone to play with Patterson and Besser. So I think he's definitely going to start there with, uh, with PD with Brock Besser, the Brock Best monster, Brock <laughs> the cock, whatever you want to call him, I think that that's going to be really good. I mean, J T. Miller is a super versatile guy. Uh, there's tons to speculate on here, as he can play center, left wing, and right wing. But my my immediate thoughts are he's going to be a top six guy. That that money, I mean, you have to you have to say. Oh, he's
1: but. definitely going to be a top six guy, yeah. especially because they don't have a great up and down in Vancouver. Their top six is pretty much all they got. Number one, I I think that... uh, So I'm looking at their lines right now. I think that Jay Beagle should not be a number four, but that's just my opinion. Next time you have Antoine Roussel, who I know you kind of like. I never did.
0: He's a tough dude.
1: And then Josh Lievo, who I actually do kind of like Josh Lievo. But in, in general, they don't have a great up and down.
0: So give me a top six of Miller, Petey, Besser... Tanner Pearson that could use an upgrade Horvat and Louis Erickson also could use an upgrade and let the bottom six play out as it will. I mean, Josh, Lievo, he could, he could move up for Louis Erickson. I think uh, Erickson's been really streaky, especially at like $6 million a year.
1: Yeah. He's their highest paid player. Is he not
0: him and uh, Alex Edler now?
1: Like that's sad.
0: All right. Let's look at Miller's numbers now. At least he, I
1: like Alex Edler.
0: Yeah. I don't like, uh, I don't like Louis
1: Erickson. No, I don't either. <laughs>
0: Uh, JT Miller scored 47 points last year in 75 games. He had 13 goals. 20 of those 47 points were on the power play. So that's 43% of his points came on the Tampa Bay power play. So it's not like you can just say on a power play. It mm-hmm. went on the best power play in the league.
1: Fuck uh, yeah, Ted.
0: He had his lowest ice time that he had in five seasons in, uh, in 2014, 15, he logged 1242. And this past year, he didn't even break 15 minutes. Um, He hasn't broken two shots a game in his career. But when he was with Tampa Bay at the end of two seasons ago, when he went on that 19 game run, scored 18 points in 19 games, he was right around 2.5 shots a game. I think the math, 2.4 shots a game. And that was when he was playing like 18, 11 a night. Uh, He had 45 shots in those 19 games. So that's good for 2.4. Um, So we know he's got it in him. I think if he's on the top line with PD Besser, I think we can get those two shots the game out of him. Maybe look for like sixty-five points out of the guy, which would be a career high. But if he gets consistent top line time, I think I think it's doable. I mean, you look at I will
1: I will give JT Miller this: he does not take a lot of shots. That I full well agree with you on that. I want to see more shots out of him, Mm -hmm. but you know what? He takes smart shots pretty much career average is a 13.6 per shot percentage, yeah, right? So that, that tells me he's taken really smart shots throughout his entire career.
0: But do you, is the – um? no, I guess that would have been a total on the year. I'm trying to think of the average because I think it was like 22.2% when he was with Cooch uh, and Stammer for those 19 games. But I guess they would have wrapped that into the whole year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought it might have been lopsided because of that, but I guess not, yeah.
1: I'll give him that the man takes smart shots that's what your that's what your shot shoot jesus christ <laughs> that's what your shot percentage tells me
2: yeah.
1: um i mean he was down last year last year was his lowest shot percentage since that same 14-15 season that you were talking about he was right. at 12% last year and all the way back then he was at 10.9 in between that is 16% 16% 16 a 13 and then that 22 he has a high shot percentage, which, number one, that tells me he's taking good shots. Number two, take more shots yeah, because I, you I, obviously are smart enough to take them when you're supposed to.
0: So let, now let's look at the Tampa Bay side of things. Um, a lot of our line combo predictions last year were a little shaky when it came to Tampa. Oh, well, you could have Miller on the top line or you could have Plot on the third line, blah, 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 blah. But now it seems like that top six is pretty much set in stone Plot, Stamkos, Kucherov, Gord, Point, Tyler Johnson. And then you got Kaloran, Sorelli, Matthew Joseph, um, Danic Martel, Cedric Paquette, and Adam Ernie as your bottom six. A lot of those guys still need contracts. So we'll see if the bottom six looks the same at the start of the year. And I guess since JT Miller leaves the power play scene, somebody like Ryan McDonough could move on to power play too. I know you're a huge fan of Anthony Sorelli. I think I love
1: Anthony Sorelli. It would be a, great fan a- on power play too. If you have a fucking dynasty, oh my god. Go get Anthony Sorrentino. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm, I'm sure he's going to he's going to be pretty expensive if that's the case. Um
1: I'm just saying on a dynasty, man, I want that kid.
0: So I'm definitely a lot higher on on JT Miller going into next year. I mean, if I, if I think about back to last summer, we all thought that JT Miller was going to be the top line guy in Tampa, so we were really high on him there too. So I kind of do want to preach a little bit of patience when it comes to drafting JT Miller, but it seems like Travis Green is pretty much set on him playing with Petey and Besser. So this time we can say, yeah, he's going to be a top line guy. Whereas last year they went with Miller to start and then they threw him around the lineup a lot. There was a lot of line shakeups, but I think this one might stick. <laughs> we'll see. I've been wrong before on JT Miller too. Marlowe in Carolina. There's not much going on here. If he signs there, which I think is pretty unlikely, it's more likely they buy him out. But uh if he does, you could probably see him, you know, on the third line. We're gonna talk about this more later, but there there's no room on the left wing. But like I said, I, I think he's gonna get bought out. He's gonna sign super cheap in San Jose and go play and retire there.
1: I could definitely see that happening.
0: The biggest I just ord- don't
1: see a fit for him, that's all.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. They they, they have better things to spend their money on. I think this was this was more a favor for Toronto. It seems like Carolina is in the business of doing favors for people lately. They just gave up Calvin DeHaan for pretty much nothing. Toronto, they they freed up some money. They gave it straight away pretty much to Kapanen and Janssen. Uh, they signed their contracts, just waiting to put pen to paper for July 1st. And they're going to have a little bit more room for Marner. So I guess this keeps...
1: That would have sp- been the smart thing is to sign and trade andreas johnson for so, carolina man carolina could use someone like andreas johnson I mean, in a so big should. way
0: they should have done those future considerations those things almost never pan out i've never seen like somebody like i would actually you know what yeah if you guys could and you know anything about future considerations please go to our twitter at fhf and just explain them to me please <clears throat> because i've never seen somebody like call in their future considerations you know what i mean like Hey, I'm, I'm calling in that favor that I gave you two years ago. And now I need you to take 30% of Milan Lucic's contract. I've, I've never seen it get played out. So
1: man, if that was a future consideration, that one would have already been taken.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what future considerations are. So if you go to at FHF hockey on Twitter and explain them to me, I promise I will like your comment and it'll be, <laughs> it'll be great. Um, all right. So Small trade that happened. John Hayden goes to Jersey for John Quenville to Chicago. Hayden in New Jersey. This one's pretty easy. He's probably going to be bottom sixer. And when Kyle Palmieri inevitably goes down, he could slot up the lineup. Uh, John Quenville, they have like 14 uh, defensemen under contract. They just picked up Dehan, who probably won't play till like December because he just had that surgery. The Log Jam City. This is John Dietz on Twitter. He says, the Blackhawks top nine defenders. Duncan Keith, Connor Murphy, Brent Seabrook, Eric Gustafson, Ole Mata, Calvin DeHaan, Henry Haryu, Slater Cuckoo, and Carl Dahlstrom. And they still have Adam Boquist and Bodine waiting in the wings here. So it looks like the Hawks are going to have some more moves coming. They've been talking to them. Didn't
1: about. they just draft a defenseman with their first pick this year, too?
0: No, they went Kirby Dock.
1: Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right.
0: So I don't know what they're going to do because they've been talking to Phil Kessel. They've been uh, whispers about joe pavelski
1: please don't get phil kessel let that man rot in P- in pittsburgh yeah rainy ugly ass fucking backwards ass pittsburgh pittsburgh they, sucks
0: they put french fries on their sandwiches so i'm sure he's super happy there
1: you hear that pittsburgh but thank you you <laughs> fry sandwich eating motherfuckers
0: i just i don't know what are they gonna do with all their D Kind of are they gonna be able to offload Seabooks contract or are they gonna buy him out? Who knows? Um Quenville in Chicago really affects too much when it comes to fantasy. Nobody who he's bumping out is gonna be on your team. So don't worry about that one too much. Let's let's talk about my favorite, the draft stuff. Hughes. Jack Hughes went number one overall. Were you surprised? No. Yeah, me neither. I'm Mo- sorry,
1: was I supposed to say more? It was a yes or no question, and it was no, no you're very a clearly a no.
0: Yeah, you're dead on there. So obviously this brings in another center to New Jersey. We've talked about it already. Their center depth is pretty sweet. And most of what we're going to say about Hughes, again, is tied to Taylor Hall. Uh, He misses on average 17 games a year. Of 622 possible games Hall could have played, he's missed 135. That's 22% of games. That being said, if Hughes plays with Hall, and if Hall is healthy, then we can hope for a Heisher like rookie year, that's about like fifty some odd points with with decent deployment. What does that mean for Heisher? Does Heisher get moved down? Is he playing on line two with Coleman and Brat, or maybe Paul Mary if Brat plays with Hughes and Hall? Do you think that could like stunt his development, prevent him from taking another step forward in terms of point production? Um, no, I don't I I, I, mean,
1: I don't. I I personally don't. I mean, I think I think Hughes is going to a perfect situation for him. Being yeah. a number one pick, they're not a bad team. To For a team that has the number one pick to not be a bad team in general, I yeah. mean, they had defensive problems, which we always had last year. Um, they kind of shered that up a little bit. But, yeah, so, I mean, I think he's going to the perfect situation. I'm also excited to see his brother play in, in Vancouver.
0: In regards to Nico Heischer, do you think he can put up another 50-ish point season, Playing with guys like Paul Mary and Coleman rather than Taylor Hall and sometimes yeah Palmer. yeah
1: I do because I think Paul Mary is really good I think all right Blake Coleman is good enough yeah like I I like Blake Coleman I don't like him as a draftable player but he is a hundred percent a streamer
0: so it's it's not a bad top six there in New Jersey anymore um they still got a couple missing pieces like you could you could add a Nyquist instead of a Paul Mary or
1: I like Paul Mary though.
0: Yeah, but Paul Mary seems to be more of a line two guy. Like if you had Nyquist on the wing instead of Paul Mary, I think Nyquist would be great on the top line or a Zuccarello. Or I feel like they could use a top line right winger and have Paul Mary be on the second line with sure. and that would really solidify a top six instead of having somebody like Jesper Bratt playing on the top line. You know what I mean? I,
1: I was just gonna say Jesper Bratt is definitely the weak link of that top six.
0: Exactly. Like
1: a hundred percent.
0: If you get up, I
1: could feel you with that. They need, they need an upgrade at right wing.
0: Yeah. 100%. If they get a goalie, if they get a right winger, that's a team I don't want to fuck with. That's that's a team. I don't want to see four or five times in the Metro, you know,
1: especially if it's Nyquist, I'll be very upset. If Nyquist is scoring goals against my team
0: five times a year.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to like that.
0: So let's talk about Kako to uh, to the New York Rangers now. Um, Were you surprised? No.
1: Okay, I was <laughs> he, just making sure.
0: He does look like Gail the snail a little bit, and that uh, he does. That's unsettling. All right. So
1: salt the snail, dude.
0: An NHL writer for USA Today, Vincent Z. Mercogliano, he says he thinks that Kako is going to slot into the third line. He sees the lines like this, and. After every line, he, he has like a little blurb. So he says, Kreider, Zibanejad, Bucinevich is going to be the top line. This is the line they ended the year with. And if they land somebody like Panarin in the offseason, if Zuccarello comes back, who knows? Bucinevich is going to move down. But that's the line they ended the year with. That's the line they're probably going to go into it with.
1: It's the line he, they started with last year, too. I don't know if you recall that.
0: I don't know. That's
1: this very same front line they started with last year.
0: Well, I mean, it worked, didn't it? No.
1: And then quickly bumped Buchnevich down to, like, the fourth fucking line.
0: Yeah, they were all over the place with that. Um, I
1: like Philip Heedle.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy VC, Ryan Strom. Yeah, Dylan Strom's in Chicago and Matt Strom's in Philly. It's hard to keep track of those fuckers. Uh, Ryan Strom and Vitaly Kravtsov are going to be your second line as far as he is concerned. And then he goes on to say that Kravsoff and Kako, they're kind of going to be having a competition here in training cap. If Kako outperforms Kravtsov, then he'll get the top six spot. But the team president said after the draft, you don't want to put players in a position where they're going to take a step backwards. That to me says that Kako is going to be the bottom six guy to start. At least um, he wanted to temper expectations from the New York Rangers fans. Don't think that Kako is, you know, your savior, your Connor McDavid, your Patrick line, whatever. Third line he thinks is going to be Nemestikov, Howden and Kakko. And it very well could be Philip Hiedel at center, could be Howden. Um, if Kako lights it up, he could move up the depth chart too. And then your fourth line, Brendan Lemieux, Philip Hiedel, Jesper Fast. Um,
1: Do you think that it's automatic that Kako makes the team?
0: I think so, yeah. Yeah, one and two has like pretty much always just made the team.
1: I understand that. They got He's ruined. also definitely not as polished as some of our other number two prospects. Um, in the past, say, even five years.
0: Yeah, I, I would put him along the lines of like a uh, Nolan Patrick, probably a little bit better than Nolan Patrick. So Patrick made the jump. I think Kako can do it too. There was a little less room in Philly at center than there is in New York at wing. So I think that pretty much guarantees Kako a spot. I got you. Um, Brendan Lemieux is an RFA. He could be in New York. He could not. Philip Hedl, we both agree he has top six upside. Oh man, having him on the fourth line, you know that's fine.
1: I don't want, I don't want him on my fourth line though. Yeah, I want, I want him to get that exposure.
0: But he's that's that's a luxury, man, to be able to have him on your fourth line. Maybe spread the spread the minutes out a little, a little nicer. So it's not like you know, line one gets twenty minutes, line four gets eight. Maybe have it more like a seventeen and thirteen type of thing. I don't so, know. We'll we'll see what they do with it. But that's that's what this guy Victor. Mercagliano or Vincent or let me scroll up again. Yeah, Vincent Mercagliano Thanks.
1: Fair enough. Sorry, All Vinny. Right. Sorry, so, Vinny. Mercags.
0: Let's go to let's go to Twitter. Um, we, had, we had a couple questions come on uh, via comments, and we just picked a few that we're going to talk about now. At LittleFit two two seven, Dave strangely enough asked us a, asked us a question, even though he's going to be on the show a little later. Uh, <laughs> He asked, where does JT Miller fit in Vancouver? Does he go with PD and Besser? Is he power play one? Is he power play two? Uh, the same question with Subban in New Jersey. How does that affect both teams? Who plays up? Who gets pushed down? And I think, I mean, we talked a lot about this already. Um, yeah, I think Miller the, breakdown.
1: the Subban part, we definitely covered like 100%.
0: And for sure. Um, you got to think Miller's got to be power play one, too. Subban, no doubt, number one. Nobody's going to argue that. Top pairing, top power play going to push down severson Vatten, and butcher let's just echo that for the nashville side all of the d pretty much gets a bump and i think dante Fabro is going to kind of be like a dark horse a bit of a reach sleeper if you're in a real deep league then he could be somebody to grab for uh the same way that like eckholm was last year he got what 44 points and nobody saw that coming so who knows if Fabro is going to have like a travis sandheim type run this year or i you don't know just a real real sneaky. He's going to be a waiver wire pickup for those of us in like twelve and fourteen team leagues. But if you're in a sixteen teamer, Fabro is somebody to get in the end of your drafts. Uh, second question, I, and I well, like. Well, actually, tell- I
1: actually want to add something onto that real quick. Yes, please. <clears throat> Someone that I think that is going to have a a, a little bit of a boost here in Vancouver is Bo Horvat. I don't see um, them putting Miller on the top line with uh, with Pedersen and uh, and Besser. I think most likely he'll t- he'll slot into the second line like we were talking about earlier. That'll put him with Bo Horvat. Don't forget, Bo Horvat, three years ago, two years ago, I think it was four four years ago too, I believe three years running, he was the leading goal scorer or the leading points getter on the team.
0: Well, definitely not last year with Pedersen.
1: That's why I said two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure two, three, and four years ago, all those times Bo Horvat was the leading points getter on Vancouver, he's not playing with fucking Sven Berchi anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're telling me, okay, who's who's better for him to play with? JT Miller or Sven Berchi. JT fucking Miller. Yeah. Easy. Like, out out of this world. Um. So I mean, with him playing with better talent, I'm looking for Bo Horvat to have a little bit of a, a resurgence this year.
0: He's gonna he's gonna get a boost no matter where JT Miller plays because if Miller plays on the first line that moves and he's Can- playing
1: with Tanner Pearson and Yeah. Then,
0: and Tanner Pearson still is a slight boost from Sven Berchi. I just think he's going to play with Pedersen and Besser because of what Travis green said, that they've been looking for somebody to play. So, and I mean, why wouldn't they try him out? You know, so I think he's going to start the season on line one. If it doesn't work out, he moves to line two and that's just kind of where they tuck him away. I think they're going to give him, you know, a good 10 games, 12 games on the top line just to see how it works. And if it clicks, it clicks. He stays there. That's just me. I, th- I think it's going to be. He's going to be a first line guy. Either way, first line, second line. I still put him on that top power play.
1: Absolutely. All right, right. move it on.
0: Yes. Uh, at Lord Drysital, a very good handle there.
1: He asks. I wonder many- why you picked these.
0: <laughs> he asks, how many points is Hughes? How many points will Hughes
1: and Kako get next season?
0: What do you think, man? There's so many things, there's so many balls up in the air on this one because again, he sure
1: I think Hughes is on a way better team. Hughes has more points unless he gets hurt. I think Hughes has I put the over under at 45 on Hughes and between 30 and 35 for Kako.
0: I'll take more, the over. I... But if Kako's is getting that third line time that uh that Vincent guy Thinks he's going to get, then yeah, I'm comfortable with 30, 35 points.
1: What did you like on the Hughes one?
0: The Hughes, I like because he... You like the over? No, I'm I'm cool with 45.
1: Okay. Yeah, I like it. Um, All right, so you agree with both those things that I just said?
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: whoa. Um, That's why I was backpedaling for a second. I was like, which...
0: More than we realize. Okay. All right, so again, we're going to have to say, is Hall healthy? Is... Hughes going to be getting the top line time. Is he going to be getting second line time?
1: I that, just think that whether or not he, whether he's in the first or the second line, it doesn't matter. He's still in a better situation.
0: Yeah. And we not
1: getting number one time.
0: We've seen with he the devils are not afraid to put a number one overall draft pick on the first line right away. And I think that Hughes is a little more highly touted than he So that could very well mean that he moves down and that Hughes gets to play with Hall and maybe Paul Mary, that's going to be pretty wicked. And at that rate, I'll, I'll put like a 50, 55-point ceiling on it, maybe like 15 goals, 35 assists, something pretty much mirroring exactly what he sure did. Those those are the kind of numbers that I want to see out of him. And then Kako, to me, down the road, maybe five years from now, I think Kako is going to be more of an offensive. Like He's going to be more valuable in fantasy because he's going to have more offense he's gonna have more points and obviously that's what we look for but hughes has that 200 foot game to a more polished degree than kako so that's why he went first overall yeah down the road kako is going to be better but i think uh if if he is going to be in a bottom six role with the rangers that he's you know like you were saying 30 35 with a 45 point ceiling and i mean if he moves up then it could be more it could mean that it's more than 40 points that he gets but you I'm going to
1: stick with my, I'm going to stick with my, like, say 32. I'll just black and white. I'll just say 32. So 32 and 45. That's what I'm going with.
0: So here's an interesting question, a little off topic here. Um, how does the Calder race look next year? You got Hughes, you got Caco, you got I mean, Kel McCarr. you have uh, Quinn Hughes. It, the, could you imagine a Calder in which Quinn and Jack are? It's It's the two life? of
1: them yeah well quinn hughes is going to be playing on the second on the second defensive pairing so i mean he'd have to make some serious fucking strides for for his name to be uh brought up in the calder um but i mean i think it's definitely obviously jack hughes is to lose yeah like let's let's not get it twisted sports writers have an idea of who they're going to vote for before the season even starts
0: who am i forgetting for next year um if Owen Tippett makes a jump, he could he could be in the conversation. If Elliot Tolvanen...
1: I mean, do you do you really think that uh, Owen Tippett would would be in the conversation? I don't see him being in the top six.
0: All right, fair, but then again, Kako won't be either. So who knows? If That's
1: he... why I don't think he'll really be in in line for the Calder either. In order in order for any of these players to be in consideration, you have to also be playing with that top level talent. All right, so if you're playing with a with a Taylor Hall or or down say Owen Tippett, if you're playing with Alexander Barkov, you're yeah. gonna have a better season yeah, than sure. if you're than if you're playing on the fucking third or fourth line.
0: Ancillary points,
1: ancillaries,
0: and then um, all right. At the Ducks, coach said, "Well, if we can if we could put the caller talk to bed, I don't know if you got anything else uh, about that one." At the Ducks coach says, John Gibson, not enough credit. Discuss. Now, granted, true. <laughs> true, yes. Uh, granted, All right,
1: so we'll see you later, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> That's a oh, pretty okay. broad
0: topic. Uh, us in like fantasy circles know that he does get good credit um, where it is basically now. Uh, yeah, you're going to get the save percentage and the saves, but the wins just aren't there. The, the
1: wins dad. you're not going to get just because he's on a crap-ass team. Yeah, the Ducks. Um but he is a damn good goalie. Uh and I, I think incredibly high highly of him. So does T J. He's underrated. I mean, in, in a lot of circles. There's just better known goalies out in the West that people are gonna snag up first, which is perfect for someone like me who wants to maybe wait a little bit yeah. to take to take that goalie. John Gibson's my number one. I, I'm not I'm not mad about it.
0: Yeah. That I mean you could very well survive.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can definitely get better goalies for as far as uh, fantasy goes. But I mean, especially if John Gibson's like your number two, because just because he will drop a little bit. I mean, he is on a crappy Ducks team that needs to make some serious fucking changes. Uh, They're paying a lot of money to all the wrong people. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you, Ducks coach. He does not get enough credit.
0: And it seems like the Ducks coach might have a little bit of a bias here. Possibly. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, this is one I want to bring up when we bring the uh the DL hockey guys on here because they're going to know uh they're going to want to talk about stuff that's like not fantasy. So, we'll definitely talk about Gibson a little later. So, Sid Tikes, their Ducks coach, we're going to get back to it.
1: Especially if this is uh the Ducks coach uh, that I'm thinking of, we'll be able to ask Gordon Bombay himself.
0: I think this is Gordon Bombay.
1: Emilio!
0: <laughs> All right, man. I think that's it for us. Uh We're going to bring the boys on. It's going to be a late night. We're going to call the first half of this one. Yeah, we're going to bring in uh, Doc and Littlefoot, get them on the buzz. Uh, We're going to take a short break here and uh, bring those guys in. So thanks for listening to the Fantasy Half. We'll see you in the next half. Okay, guys, show us what you got.
3: They say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Let's do that hockey.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Hello again from the FHF crew. Please welcome in the DL hockey crew, Doc and Littlefoot to the room. Guys, say what's up.
3: Hey, guys. How's it going out there? What's going on, boys? What's going on,
0: everybody? All right. So I know you guys got a podcast in the works called Remember the Rover. Do you want to explain the, the name a little bit, what it means to you guys?
3: For people who are still new to hockey or don't know a lot of the history It used to be played with six attacking players, two defensemen, three forward and a rover. And if you think of like someone like an Eric Carlson or a Brett Burns, that's all they did. They roved around. And up until like 1921, I say the rover was a position.
0: Somebody who's good at both. Yeah. Why don't you tell everybody that might not remember you from the last episode you guys were on where they might find you? I know you guys just joined the Twitter sphere uh, where they can follow you on Twitter now. And uh, where else they might find you? Uh,
3: That's both at uh, DL Hockey Co. on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, We're working on, as we called it, a rebuild to try to get our social media fingerprint out there a lot more. And uh, like we said, remember the rover. That's more on the hockey history. Definitely looking at, you know, things we reference. Some people might not know the Kirk McLeans or the John Van Viesbrooks of, uh, of the past. Like me and Littlefoot remember them. Like the the
2: rainmen. We, uh, we did our <laughs> first episode, but well, we have to redo our first episode. We'd had done a, a drive run of an episode on p- unexpected playoff heroes, taking into account the blues Megan run to the cup. Uh the players that you probably don't know their names, didn't have the great story careers, but in the playoffs these guys had big moments. So yeah.
3: you know, even looking at your Philly Flyers with a uh, Villy Leno.
0: I'm not sure his name gets too much recognition around here anymore. All right, guys. So what we want to do here is um, we've left the fantasy talk behind for right now, and uh, we're going to get into some NHL stuff. So how about this weekend, man? We had the draft. We had like 13, 14 trades already. It's shaping up to be a pretty pretty fun summer.
3: Yeah, most definitely, especially going in the free agents, and we're going to talk about that later, but... I can't remember a season where you have big names moving at the draft that quickly. And, you know, first one that comes to mind was back in, I want to say, 2001 when they, uh, the Penguins moved Yager to the uh, Washington
2: Capitals.
0: I think uh, day one didn't really have much going on, but day two was – that was exciting for the draft. Day Every-
2: one, most of the time, it always seems like uh, people are waiting to see what they're going to do. They're going to sleep on what the trades talked about during Friday night. They sleep on it, and then some, Saturday morning, like – Let's go ahead and do the trade. So you see a lot of the big moves done on Saturdays, it seems like, with the draft. Think, we get going to do it every year about doing something big on Friday, but you never really see anything. It
0: didn't help big. that they didn't have the uh, – Hey, Desi, you want to say hi? Oh, you got the hiccups?
1: Hey, Desi, what's up, brother? Hey, Desi. Do you want to say hi to everybody? Hey, Desi,
2: what's going on?
1: What hey, everybody.
0: Desi, you hicc- got
2: hiccups? Yeah
0: i think he said
3: wings cup he's predicting the wings to win this year he did oh. not say that
0: <laughs> <laughs> gotta be hopeful what do you want to say do you want to say hi to everybody you like hockey
1: like the flyers
0: you want to talk about hockey desi
1: he does have the hiccups oh yeah big time. Uh, Yeah. poor little guy
0: do you want to say hi desi look it's you you're on the tv you're supposed you. to be in bed do you want to go no nights with mommy
3: no, no. I no. think he's just marveled at his own face on the camera.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, he was. He he had a he got control of my phone today and found the burst filter feature for the camera. I deleted like four hundred and fifty <laughs> pictures, and he took it for forty five seconds. So, that was but great.
3: at the end of the day, that's probably not the worst thing he could find on anybody's phone, right?
0: True. Yeah, he was just taking pictures, not looking at him. So. All right, let's let's uh let's get into the trades, does You want to talk a little PK Subban? No, I think that I
3: think that's how all of uh, Montreal feels after Subban.
0: You know? Yeah, nobody wants to. Uh, they're drinking it away. That's what giving them the hiccups.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: fucking
1: Devils.
0: Drink, uh, Damn it, Devils. Juice. Oh
2: yeah. Bye like, uh, hiccups.
0: Yeah, if you drink yeah. water, you'll have no more hiccups, Desi. He burped. <laughs> All right. Well, some of this is definitely going to stay in the episode. Um,
2: <laughs> so we got, yeah, we got
0: P.K. Subban going to the New Jersey Devils. That was the biggest one that kind of surprised everybody. Uh, 30 years old, three years left at 9 mil. Uh, last year, he was on pace for 40 points. What do you guys take away from uh, from P.K. Subban as a whole, whether he was on the Devils or if he is on the Devils? like How do you see – do you see him as declining or do you see – him being able to thrive in New Jersey, where in my opinion, he's the guaranteed number one,
3: a great player or a great person as a whole. Uh, I love all that PK Subban does in the the uh, community. I hate him as a player, I can't stand PK Subban as a player. But on this New Jersey team, he's definitely get, getting the younger talent to uh help bolster his numbers. And it seems like New Jersey's mm-hmm. trying to go all in with this uh roster with Nico Heischer. Uh, now jack Hughes and taylor hall
0: what what makes you not like him as a player is it because he kind of embodies the celebrity which has been uh kind of shunned in hockey communities or is it just his uh his style of play i guess uh,
3: overall like especially watching him back in 2011 um with the when they were playing the bruins he was brad marchant before brad marchant became brad marchant you know Really,
0: you think so?
1: I don't know if I'd go that far. That that's a little, it's a little harsh. That's I, sharp.
3: He's just always rubbed me as the player that you know he'd make. He'd make a small play and then call you a douchebag and try to chirp the whole way. And I'm all for chirping in hockey, but it seems like he he tries to take it too far. Or gets that, that after <laughs> that after play slash or or punch to the back of the head and. You know, if we were still living in the land of the Enforcers, he'd get his ass kicked by Bob Probert in a heartbeat.
2: I'll say as a, I'll say as a Blues fan, <laughs> I am happy that he, I will pack his bags and send him to New Jersey because I'm glad I want to play that guy five times a year anymore.
0: He enters the Metro. That's going to be a lot of fun for for us.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I got to tell <laughs> yeah, you
2: sorry that about, about that, guys. I like a uh, fly.
0: You see a fly. You know, it's
2: kind of echo what Doc said. So he, he, he does great things to the community, so you can't hate him as a person. <laughs> I think Ray he's a, Ray he's Ray a good Ray. hockey player. I think he's declining a little bit, but he gives Ray. New Jersey something I think they haven't had in a couple of years, and that's having a true number one defenseman on that back end there.
3: Almost, will definitely
2: help that power play for sure.
3: Definitely they, they haven't had a number one since Scott Ray. Stevens and Scott Niedermeyer
0: left. Ray.
2: And even
3: uh, when Brian Rafalski took the reins for a little bit,
2: Ray.
1: before Ray. his
0: trade. Hey, All right, I'm gonna go see what I can do about getting him to bed.
1: <laughs> he's he's gotten really talkative. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Well, he didn't want to say hi when he had
3: his chance, but
0: yeah, by My God, we're, we're
3: gonna talk now.
0: Now we're talking about the lightning bugs, right? Does he? Where are they? Do you see them?
2: Hi, hey, <laughs> 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 Lightning <laughs> bugs.
0: Yeah,
3: lightning right. bugs. Yeah. Well, I mean, that could usher us right there into our next trade with JT yeah.
0: Miller to Vancouver. All right, Hi. Hey, Vic. Come on, honey. Does, uh, everybody says hello. Oh. Give daddy
3: a kiss and come
0: on. Yeah, give me a kiss. Bye-bye. <laughs> say bye to everybody. Uh, oh, no. Bye. Uh, <laughs> bye,
2: Desi. Does he say bye? Go
0: kiss. Go kiss. Bye,
2: Desi. Fuck. Bye, gay Book. you see lightning bugs?
0: Does he say bye? Give
2: everyone a kiss.
1: Say
0: goodnight, Kevin.
3: <laughs> <laughs> on, or just pick your nose like a champ, <laughs> man. <laughs> Miss
0: Torrance.
3: Danny isn't here right now, Miss Torrance.
0: <laughs> All right, Desi, say goodnight.
2: Bye, Daddy.
0: All right. No Aww. Aww. Say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I love you. Goodnight. Bye, Mama. Bye, Desi. Bye, guys. All right. He um, could have just gave
3: us a good leeway into, if you keep that part, into with lightning bugs, we could talk about that lightning deal with uh, JT Miller.
0: All right, let's use it as a segue for sure. So um, actually
1: I have I have a question for you first. Okay. I, okay. Yeah, so, I feel like we
0: haven't touched enough on this PKC band deal. I'm yeah, half paying attention because of the hiccup. Sorry. <laughs> I
1: got I got some questions here. I mean, I think it's the biggest trade of of the offseason so far. And I mean that Absolutely. I think that that couldn't be uh, more understated. Okay, so with Jack Hughes centering the first line, we would think presumably he'll probably play with Hall. Um, just because Nico Heischer has shown that he kind of can carry his, his his own weight. You know what I mean? So him being on the second line makes sense to me. Clearly, P.K. Subban definitely goes on the first line. Probably, I mean, who do you like there? Do you like Sammy Baden? Do you like Damon Severson?
0: From what I've seen, they're, they and everybody else. Or what about Will Butcher, this. TJ? Will Butcher is the third-pairing guy, and from <laughs> what I've like I'm not I'm not even like doing it as a, like a bias or anything, but no, uh, he
1: is, he is.
0: So I think it's gonna be Vatnin and uh, and Subban probably as that that top pairing, and then you got like guys like Andy Green and Damon Severson could probably line up together. Uh, Daily Faceoff has the D pairings. Let me see if I can get it here. Here, um, yeah, Vatnin, Subban, Andy Green, Damon Severson, and Will Butcher and Connor Carrick as the as a third pairing there. And then they uh, DFO is kind of going out on a limb here and saying that they're going to go three forwards to D given PK Subban's like affinity for offense. You could, you could argue that he's kind of like that fourth. fourth Jesus man,
1: I mean, how scary could that first power play unit be? If you go four forwards, you have hall Hughes, Paul and Heisher, along with PK Subban. That is one hell of a fucking number one power play. And I hate the devil's. But that yeah. is a but that is a power play I mean I would think to definitely be scared of.
3: Well the, the main thing the devils are lacking right now, and if you know the DL hockey fans are listening Goal it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, go, Fucking Corey Schneider. Yeah. It gives me another opportunity to rip on Corey Schneider. Yeah, it's, you're going to have an extraordinarily scary power play. You're going to have a great top six going into the season. But if you don't have anybody backing you, this isn't the 1980s anymore with the – Hi, Corey Schneider. Yes, I see Littlefoot
2: Hale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at that goal. Look at that form. Just <laughs> completely <laughs> – It's completely awful. He's (laughs) He's not not as much
0: mobility in real life as he does. He's not in his
3: shoulders because the ninth puck of the game just went by him. Yeah, this isn't the 80s Oilers anymore where you can win a game 8-6. This is a new NHL.
0: So what about 22-year-old Mackenzie Blackwood? How do you guys like him? Do you think he could take the reins as number one? He only played in 23 games last year, had a 9-18 for a team that, you know, wasn't great.
3: I mean, those are solid numbers. Yeah, that's a solid number right there. Maybe in a couple of year, maybe halfway through this year, going into next season, he can take the reins. Um,
0: so it's not as to, they got to bite the bullet this year, in a year where they have to convince Taylor Hall to stay and I don't lose think, a bunch of games, or uh,
1: it's, it's, do you think it's a tough make it? draw.
2: It's a tough, it's a tough draw for them for sure. Um, yeah,
1: I know, but I think. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is,
2: I like Blackwood. I think he, sh- what I've seen a little bit of, seen of him. He's he looks like he might have the stuff to be to be the guy. Is he ready for it? I don't know. They don't have a fucking choice, so I guess it's it's kind of going to be kind of be like trial by fire a little bit.
3: It, it's not looking at like your flyers where you know you had Talbot, Brian Elliott, and Carter Hart, you, you know, to rotate through those games. You you have Corey Schneider and Blackwood.
1: Think about this though. Okay, so they have a little over twenty five million dollars in cap space left.
0: Is that with? PK that's, Subban. On that's the board?
1: without PK Subban. So take nine million off of that. Okay. You still, you still have like sixteen five to work with.
0: I've, I've been hearing um, through nobody credible, so you can't really take it. But uh, that Zuccarello would be a great fit there for them, and that makes a lot of sense to have be to be able to have Zuccarello. Who, if I am remembering correct, correctly, he's got like four point five million dollar contract, needs a new one, obviously. But you you give him six million. You said they had what sixteen left.
1: You still need a goaltender. What goaltender what do you go bet, out and yeah. get? But yeah. that's
0: what—that's the thing is there's this stare down that's going on right now. You have so many UFAs, RFAs. You got Robin Leonard, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, Mike Smith. They're, Eddie they're, E.D.
1: Morasic. I was just going to say, what do you want to bet Morasic goes to New Jersey?
0: Cam Ward. You, you have, bet, somebody's going to need to sign the first contract. I don't think hey, anybody I, wants it to be the first.
3: I'll bet my uh, Gordon Bombay hat that I'm rocking right now that Morasic doesn't go to New Jersey. To you, Zach. Where, where is he going?
0: He's going to stay in Carolina. You think so?
3: I oh, think I he's going.
1: I don't know about that.
0: They're freeing up all this money.
1: I've been, I've been hearing a lot of rumblings. o, gotta like the rumblings that they're that they're uh, they're talking about keeping McElhenny and that Marazic is asking for too much money.
3: Uh, well, you know that that seems to happen in this league. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't know. I think they they re
2: it also bring into effect possible trades with some goaltenders the blues are shopping jake allen right now could that be a fit in new jersey i don't know is he an upgrade over Corey schneider
1: yes yes Yes. yeah
2: yes
0: the blues they have uh billy what billy huso uh is that the prospect we got billy huso Uh, locked
2: up billy huso's prospect then we got Bennington. yeah right i believe they're both up for rfa i think they're both up for renewal
0: i think uh, this year yeah Bennington is owed a contract
1: and Bennington's going to get paid after this pre, after this postseason. Yeah. So I'll tell you one reason I think that Mrazek could go there and not go back to Carolina, and it's all because of Alex Needledick.
0: And they just they just traded for uh, Anton Forsberg too. They yeah. Did. So oh.
1: so Alex Nadelchevik plays for the uh, Charlotte Checkers down here. He is their uh, He's he's one of their their top prospects, and they supposedly they're hankering to bring him up to the, to the big team. They also just won the shit. What is the fucking cup for the AHL? Jeez. It's not the Caldler. That was, yeah, uh, I think it is the Caldler, yeah, it
0: is or Caldler. Memorial or one yeah. of the two. They,
1: well, they just, they just want it. Yeah. Um, everybody in that, on that team is super high on him right now. I could see them making room to bring Delcevic up. All right. And that means bye-bye Peter, Peter Morazic.
0: So I would think it would be MacLean and Delcevic as like a one-two. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to move on from PK? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, I just I just wanted to dive into it a little more just because I mean at the end of the day, that one signing creates a whole bunch of questions all up and down that lineup.
0: Yeah, we got this um the arms race as you yeah, put so it anybody
1: uh, who anybody who plays with PK, I think you saw it with Nashville,
2: they put at home with them. At home more of a stay at home good defensive defenseman so anybody you pay with uh pair with pk excuse me he's more offensive minded so you have to have somebody who's going to have that defensive responsibility so
0: and i think is a perfect Vatnin, example
2: that's a perfect example of that so i think that's why i think you're going to see him with the number, at the number one pairing
0: and he, he's the best defenseman that too yeah. that goes without saying There.
1: that that also
0: <laughs> all right now <laughs> on to um one with a little more of a question mark when it comes to the power play is jacob truba to the new york rangers he needs a contract and he just had a career year of 50 points in 82 games, uh, on the back of which he did a lot of work on the power play. His previous high was six power play points, and now he's up to 18 in this past year. And he's going to be competing with Kevin Shattenkirk, who gets about 50% of his points. I mean, he only gets like 30 points, but he still needs 50% of those somewhere. He gets him on the power play, signed a huge contract, and he's got two more years until he's a UFA in twenty-one, twenty-two. So what do we think... Truba's going to get signed too. How do you guys think um, that stare down at top power play is going to be? Do you think they go 2D and just go all out on the top power play? What kind of uh, what kind of numbers and terms are getting to throw at Truba? Yeah, what are you guys thinking?
3: Um, the Rangers seem to be in a big rebuild right now, especially getting rid of Zuccarello, uh, where you're looking – well, you have an RFA in Puchnevich, and uh, you still have uh, Zbanejev. But after those top two, you know – I might have mispronounced that one. but Oh, yeah, you got that
0: one, all right. Nevich
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what else can you bring in? And then also you got to look at your goaltending situation there with uh, King Henrik getting up there yeah. in age. And, you know, how many more seasons can he put on his back?
0: Wasn't it just like yesterday that the president was putting out that that uh, that memo was like, hey, guys, it's going to be a long and painful process. And here we are, maybe one year later, uh, they got Jacob Truba, they got Shattenkirk, they had him. Uh, They're talking about shopping, Chris Kreider, bringing in all these new young kids, Philip Hedl, Capo Caco now. Um, You were saying about Henrik Lundqvist, they have Igor Shestorkin, I think his name is. Um, What
3: a name. That is a hockey name right there, Igor Shestorkin. (laughs) Sounds like every drunk
0: guy in the stands. So he's going to be the backup, and I think they've decided against bringing back Yorgiev but anyway, they they have really good prospects coming up. Vitaly Kravtsov, Leah Sanderson. Like you can go on. E- Libor Hayek. They've, uh, done
2: well. They've done well with getting prospects in here, making some big trades the past couple years. They're on track on this rebuild, in my opinion. Yeah. Getting back to the question at hand with Truba, Shadkirk. Right, yeah. Wait, Truba got to add the 18 points this year. I'm guessing he was on the number one power play with Winnipeg.
0: Uh, Buffalo, yeah, yeah Buffalo was down for a minute.
2: Okay, so you had the 18 points in the number one power play, which had Line, a, Connor. Like you had some players on that number one power play for sure. So that definitely yeah. helped out his stats. You're not going to have the same type of playmakers on the Rangers. I think Shattenkirk's earned that number one spot with what he's done throughout his career. Could they go 2D? I could. I could definitely see them going 2D on the yeah. first power if, play unit if they, if they want to do that. Especially if they don't have the forward depth to have a four-man unit on the power play with the first unit. Now that could yeah. change Panarin's with them today, I believe. So Panarin's in New York meeting with both the Rangers and the Islanders. So if they were able to get Panarin, that could possibly change things, but who knows? Yeah.
0: That, that'll, um, completely revamp the entire lineup there.
3: And Just I think like that's still something, more. I think having Shattenkirk and Truba as a uh, two defensemen on your first pairing, that's something you can definitely keep in your back pocket. If you need more power coming from your blue line, say, uh, you're playing a team that's not crashing in front of the net that much. That's definitely something their coach can hold in their back
0: pocket. And two D men that, that are more offensively gifted than, than most. I, you still have like Adam Fox. Uh, who's that other guy? Tony Brady D-man, Shea. Brady Shea. Uh, their D is not that bad. So
1: I like Brady Shea, but I mean, not too much else there.
0: Yeah, Tony D'Angelo has his spurts, but
1: yeah, you like him better than I do.
0: I, yeah, I think we're just getting back to our our fantasy bias here. <laughs> well, all right, speaking yeah. of biases, um how about Hayes to Philly? Zach, you and I are the uh the resident Philly fans, um and I think we can all agree, all four of us, that he was overpaid for a player who has a career high of 55 Thank points.
3: You. Yeah, maybe, Major. maybe maybe just a little.
0: But when you when you go out, you trade a fifth round draft pick just to talk to the guy, uh you kind of got to make sure That he winds up on your team,
1: (laughs) but you, I mean, you overpay for free agents. I mean, it sucks, but that's just how the world works, unfortunately. So, I mean, that doesn't surprise me in the least. You know, in overpaying for free agents, you don't know how they're going to perform.
3: Look at, you know, especially these last couple years, how crappy Detroit's done with oversigning free agents and giving them no trade clause. You know, we, Luke Landenning Denning and Justin Albicator got locked up in multi-million dollar contracts and yeah, I love my wings, but I would not be paying Albin Daker multi-million dollars. He's, he's definitely, you know, a one to a 1. 1.5, maybe a million dollar a year player. Not, not what they've locked him up for.
0: I wonder if they can shed that contract or the, uh,
3: Darren you know. Helm, Darren Helm, the, the, the captain of our injured reserve. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, right, since so Drew Miller in left. Seven years, 50 million for Kevin Hayes. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, and we, wow. we haven't walked up till if he's 30
2: he's that, Yeah. If he's getting that money, what's a guy like a Matt Duchenne or a Mitch Marner going to ask for? You're seeing that guy getting that, or even kind of later on down the line here, a Braden
1: Shen. It definitely. I mean, D- Duchenne's going to want 10 million. Duchenne's going to want 10 million. <laughs> I would think Mitch Marner is going to want nine. I think you got Marner a little low.
2: I, I think Marner wants more than that. I think yeah, Marner, Marner wants more He wants
1: Matthew's I don't know. money. He's not going to get Matthew's money.
0: He led the Leafs in I'm head, just
2: saying man. that's what he
1: wants. He I wants Matthew's think, money. I don't He's think that they him would him give him Matthew's money. I mean, do you? Honestly?
0: They're going to have like half of mind. their cap in, in their top six. More than half their cap. When All right, you have
1: I, that kind of offensive talent, you don't really have a choice.
0: We're definitely um, going to get to Toronto. Um Philly Philly's got 18 stick Yeah, go. With ahead.
1: Philly. Yeah. going to stick with Philly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh today was actually a pretty big day for Philly. We extended Travis Sanheim and we traded Ryan Hartman. So first off, let's go with the Ryan Hartman for Tyler Pick Pitlick trade. Tell me what tell me what you were telling me earlier, TJ.
0: About what? About Ryan Hartman? What's up?
1: About that? Ryan Hartman and Tyler Pitlick. Yeah. I don't like it mainly because Tyler Pitlick is a center. I don't think we need more centers. Right wing is where we did.
0: So I think we're going to shoehorn Scott Lawton into a right wing. Uh, I I that. that was a choo choo outside, buddy. Are you ready to go to bed with mommy? Yeah.
2: No. So this is the third time uh, Hartman's been traded three, in uh, two years. He's traded the trade deadline two years ago to Nashville, traded for Wayne Simmons this year at the trade deadline, and now he's traded again. Kind of like, uh, kind of reminds me a bit of like Jaffar Lupo, just not quite as quick. Where he keeps getting traded like every year and a half or so.
1: Wasn't? But I was just kind of started warming up to Ryan Hartman. It was just warming up to this guy. Then they trade him for somebody I really don't want. Now, I understand that obviously Tyler Pitlick makes a lot less money than Ryan Hartman does.
0: Zach, do you want me to make you feel really bad right now?
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> you traded Masochist. Wayne Herman
0: for Tyler Pitlick.
1: That's true. Yeah. That's I know, like, that's like you, you trade a pencil for a pen, except, and then you end up hey, with like a fucking. It. Yeah, with the Rolls Royce. But yeah, we're trading down. You know, what the I mean?
0: reverse red paperclip. Yeah. You, you
3: yeah. have the look on your face like something's about to hit you right in the testicles.
1: It always <laughs> is. Usually, when we talk about the Flyers, that happens.
0: Yeah. You, it, it's a face you acquire. So they have the resting bitch face, it's the resting Flyers face where you always oh. look. Okay.
1: okay so, lastly, you. lastly in Philly today, we extended Travis Sandheim.
0: And that one could either bite us, bite us in the ass or it could be really good for us. So he signed a bridge deal for, I think it was like 3.25 for two years. And the way, the way his career has been going, he's only getting better. And two years from now is going to be the prime of his career. So he's going to be another free agent that is going to be asking for more money.
1: So my question is, though, we have already talked about and thought that Niskanen would be on that top line very feasibly. And you had said you don't think that they're going to switch up Pro-Robin Sanheim playing together. Does this extension kind of solidify that thought?
0: Yeah, I still think that um, Provin and Niskanen is going to be... Because remember, in the last episode, you and I talked, uh, during like the the intro interviews and stuff like that, they had um, pretty much said that's exactly what's going to happen.
1: But where are you going to put Niskanen now? you Are going to put Niskanen with Goss' despair, or are you going to leave Justin Braun there?
0: No, it, so what I would do, I would do Provorov and Sanheim. I want to get rid of Haig from this. I would do Provorov and Niskanen, Gausse Bear Sanheim, and then Hague and Justin Braun or some shit. I don't know. Like the Gausse Bear pair, Braun pairing makes sense, but Haig I, and Niskanen, I just don't get it.
3: And definitely with Braun coming off, uh, you know, San Jose, where he's the fourth highest defenseman, this is going to give him a chance to shine and show what he really, you know, is worth.
0: Yeah, depending on on where they put him, I think they're going to have them a lot of like penalty kill situations. I don't know, maybe they move Goss Bear down to the third pairing. Wow. Yeah. Ugh,
3: that's tough to say. I mean, I'm not even a Flyers fan and I think I'm getting your guy's face going
1: on now. I think you definitely, number one, you cannot do that. I think that's a horrible idea for two reasons. Number one, Goss Bear is just too damn good to be on the third line. He's no he's no third line defenseman. And number two, his name is always coming up in trade talks. When yeah. when the trade deadline comes, we don't we don't want to fucking Jeff Skinner ourselves. Jeff Skinner ended up going away from Carolina because they they hit him. They did nothing with him. He he gave them no value because they didn't put him in a position to give value. If you put Goss Bear in the third line and you hide him back there, then what kind of value is that going to get you? When if if you go to trade him, fucking none.
0: This year, like trading him on a down year is going to be getting shit value, too. So,
1: If you are, number one, I don't want to get rid of Shane Goss' bear.
0: He's got got 60-point potential in him every single year.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Shane Goss' bear. If they would get rid of him, I'd be pissed about it. But if if that's an idea of yours, you have to feature him. You have to feature him on at, at least the top two, and you know he's going to be on that number one power play. I don't think they're going to put provi on that number one power play. No, he's not ready.
3: And on top of that, he's proved himself more than the last, you know, Philly defenseman to really come through with Michael Delzato. And oh, yeah. we, he, we yeah, saw how I much –
0: That guy was.
3: Oh, yeah. We saw how his – hey, he won a cup. He Stanley cup <laughs> champion, Michael
0: Delzato.
2: Cu- that's the only cup champion, Michael Delzato, for you guys out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Did he get his
0: name on the cup? Did he even play?
2: Yeah, he played in one he's regular. Not, uh, well, he, no, he's not going to get his name on the cup because you have to play, I think, one game in the finals. To get yeah, game. you have to
1: play in the finals. What a piece! He gets player.
2: a ring, though. He does get a ring, so good yeah. for him, I guess.
1: Which he'll probably pawn because he's Michael Del <sighs> uh. He He's going to be the next Mike Ribeiro. That's what I'm predicting.
0: All right, so I see the pairings like this. You got Provorov, Niskanen, Gostas Bear, Braun, Haig, and Sanheim. Maybe you put Sanheim on the third one just to, to even it out. Like Provorov and Niskanen, that's like a perfect balance. That's two very good defensive defensemen. Provorov's got upside for offense. Niskanen has upside for offense as well. Gostas Bear and Braun. Gostas Bear, he's pretty much a forward. who he's just a forward, forward on
1: defense, and then like Justin really, Braun is going to be your your sink stopper.
0: Exactly. He's the he's the stay-at-home. Gostas Bear is not really great when it comes to the defensive side of being a defenseman, <laughs> um, but he, he can fire six shots on goal in a night. and. He can get 65 points. Um, Justin Braun cannot do that. Haig is pretty much just good for hits. And put Sandheim with him, maybe Sandheim can drive play. Or get the fuck rid right of Haig. Like, bring up Philippe Myers. I'd be okay with that. But again, Myers is another right-handed defenseman. Then you'd have two righties on, on your third pairing. So I don't know what they plan to do with it. That's going to all shake out. But um, the way it is with Hayes, we can all agree he's overpaid when it comes down to it. And we still have Konechny, Provorov, Lawton. Justin Bailey. It's the Chuck
2: Fletcher. I mean, we saw this in Minnesota with the Suter, Parise contracts, and you saw with that team, they were always a good, but they were never a great elite team, and they're paying for it now. So hopefully this is not a sign of Philly going into that same direction. They need to get –
0: His trades have been growing on me, though. I think he did really good at the draft. He he took the players I wanted him to take and was real smart about it, too. Like, he – he got a second-round pick, so in my eyes, we got Justin Braun for a third-rounder. And then uh, we traded that and a like a third-rounder again or something to move up to get Bobby Brink. That was a good move. Yeah, but you know,
1: remember, I mean, you traded your third-round pick for somebody in Justin Braun that's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year.
0: Uh, we'll worry about it then. I don't, I don't know.
1: Third-round picks are important. I, I feel know. like that is thought? uh
0: I feel like that's what Chuck Fletcher's thinking is too. Fuck it. We'll worry about that bridge then. We'll burn that bridge when we get there.
3: Ah, that's next year's problem.
0: Yeah, fuck it. I won't make it past this year. I'm trading <laughs> fair. Let's move on to JT Miller to Vancouver. This one is um this one's pretty interesting when we were talking about it for uh for fantasy because chances are he's gonna play with Pedersen and Besser. So
3: Well if they if they actually make the right move to resign Besser and give him the money that he needs.
0: Yeah, he's going to be an expensive player. Pedersen's going to be an expensive player. Um, they just signed Edler. He's, bro,
2: but not now. <laughs> in yeah. a couple of years, he's going to be expensive, but not now. <laughs> he's entry-level contracts, baby. You got to love him for those three years, and then you have to pay. I'd bite the bullet and pay the guys when they yeah. get paid for sure.
3: On top of that, you can get J.T. Miller in either one of your power plays if you get him with Brock Besser or Bo Horvat. You know, and he's that's super good.
0: versatile, too, so yeah. he – he plays center, he plays left wing, he plays right wing. You can literally put him anywhere but goal in on your on your lineup. So this guy, he's he can produce like a, a top six forward, then he's gonna be worth every penny. But if if he's not, if he's like that sub 50 point kind of guy, it's gonna be an overpay. And and I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think Vancouver is one of the ones that are they're pretty smart about about their spending. They're in the bottom half of uh of the cap right now. They have like 17 a little over seventeen and a half cap space.
2: Well, I think the problem is with Vancouver, when they have the cap space, they don't spend it right. I mean, you see the Louis get, they gave Louis Erickson uh six years, six and a half million dollars a year, or whatever, and that trade that signing has turned out just about as well as can be expected when you're a Vancouver Canuck fan, unfortunately. Um when they've spent money, it hasn't worked out. They've wasted away the primes of you know great players like the Sadines. Going back even a few more years, Marcus Naslund.
0: Three more years of Louis Erickson nice. at $6 million. Jesus.
2: And, you know, if, <sighs> his, if history
3: repeats itself, Vancouver always does a great job about shooting itself in the foot. Uh, after yeah. after 94 and their cup run, they went downhill quick. And, you know, it's ba- it's bad when you have to rely on Dan, you know, I'll let a goal in from the red line, Cloutier, as your starting goalie. <laughs> and then you rebuild and you get into that 2011 cup run where, you know, you have a great team. And then you lose the cup, riot, burn down the city, burn down the team. Finally, they're getting uh, wheels moving on the rebuild. They're not you know, signing players who they think are going to explode. Here they actually have a pretty solid top six player.
2: Who I don't yeah. think was used right in Tampa. But then again, when you see the talent on Tampa... It, it's kind of understandable when you see the guys Tampa has. Yeah, there's I don't not think much
0: room in that top six. There's not
2: much room in that top six for JT Miller. So I think him going to a spot in Vancouver where he could be on the top, wherever they want to put him, first or second line, he has a chance to really produce and give them another scoring threat when you're going to have teams focusing on Pedersen, a Besser, a Bo Horvat. You have another guy that can – take some pressure off those guys. It's going to it's just going to do nothing but help. You know, he's had deep playoff runs with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, he's had that he's got that experience to be able to help these young players kind of get into the battle here a little bit.
3: And you definitely got to think that any time a player gets traded, especially off a team like Tampa, especially after this wonderful flop they had in the playoffs. Got to love it. Oh, it was fantastic. Biggest bust. He's got to be looking at this almost as this upcoming season almost as a fuck you to his old team. You know, he wasn't the problem. They moved him for salary reasons. He's probably a little bit salty about the deal unless he wanted out of Tampa. So why not show him what they just lost and what they didn't.
0: I think it was more or less, they needed to find money for Braden point. Uh, They needed to find money for the rest of the stuff they had planned to do. I did read it in an interview that JT Miller was kind of bummed out that he went from, like 17 and a half minutes a night to close to 14 and a half. That's why his numbers showed the way they did. I think along the lines of what you guys are saying, if he's playing with PD, if he's playing with Besser, he's going to be seeing like 17, 18 minutes a night. He's going to be very useful forward for those guys. He's try eligible. He's good at any position. So if PD fucks up a face off, he can move in and take it. I think he's going to be really good fit there. And Travis Green was saying, we were saying it earlier that in the interview at the draft when they had just picked up JT Miller earlier that morning, that they are going to try him out with PD and with Besser to start the season at the very least. So
3: that's
2: going to yeah. be a very solid line.
0: If it works, we saw it's
2: it. going it to be a great line.
0: When Miller got traded to Tampa originally, he was with Stamkos and Kucherov and he put up 18 points in 19 games. Yeah. Shooting at like two and a half shots a game looked really good. was playing 18 minutes a night. Now, obviously PD and Besser are not, Stamkos and Kucherov, but they're not, they don't suck. You know what I mean? So that's, and that's putting it lightly that they don't suck.
3: You know, this is good young talent that he can really form his, help them form his game or.
2: You got the Randy Calder Trophy winner in Patterson. Vester probably would have won the Calder Trophy two years ago if he doesn't get hurt. He was on pace for 40 goals. It just does nothing but help two young players, you know, kind of get used to the league a little bit more. They know that teams are going to be gunning on to them you have a third guy that can kind of help them out and take the pressure off them and he's going to get some opportunities because if you're going to focus on Besser and petterson who's going to be the guy that's gonna be left open All right, the left so, wing. uh We're
0: shall ahead.
3: we go in, shall we go into satan's asshole of Capel?
0: yeah um real quick do you guys have anything to say about Marlowe? it seems like everybody's in agreement carolina's gonna buy out Marlowe, and uh he's just gonna sign in san jose what do you guys think um is going to happen with that. Do you think he'll actually sign probably, in Carolina? That's
2: probably a likely outcome.
0: Yeah, They're going to try
2: to play in Carolina, but I don't think uh, I think he wants to go back home. Yeah, uh, even yeah. if
0: it's for super cheap.
2: And let's be honest, he signed in Toronto because they gave him the third year. That's why he left. They didn't give him the third year. They gave him the third year, so he left. So it just didn't work just out.
0: To at like 1.2 or something. I don't know.
2: It would be nice. Oh, he's, yeah, he'll it would be nice to have him go back to San Jose. I think, even if def- especially if they're going to lose some guys, bringing back in that leadership, I think it's definitely going to help them out.
3: I mean, and even if you can have Marlo play in Carolina for half a year, which no one's really thinking Marlo's going to play in Carolina, I would personally like to see it just to see them get a little bit more veteran leadership on that young team. Maybe they actually win a game in the conference finals. Well, I don't got, know.
0: You got Justin Williams, you got Jordan Stahl, there's plenty of veteran leadership there.
1: Yeah, but the the names don't know if Justin Williams is gonna come back this year.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask you, Zach. So being our resident Carolina expert, uh, what is the buzz down there with Marlowe?
1: Everybody's kind of like you guys, they they think he's gonna move out and go uh go somewhere else. I don't know that I see a fit for Marlowe on the Canes. He he just doesn't play that style of game. I mean, he had to obviously uh, kind of beef up and, and move a little faster, being being on the Matthews line um, along with Kasperi Kapanen. But I just don't see where you put him on this team. You would have what to figure out would expect? be on the
0: third line. He, he, I mean, they found a gem in Nino Niederreiter. That was a really cheap trade for them with Victor Rask, and then they got Andrei Sveshnikov, who's right there and. You know knocking at the door of the top six, you have to figure he's a staple in the top six. So he's he's got to be. So uh, I mean, Marlowe to play with what Lucas Walmark and whoever's on the right side, I can't even remember right now. Is it was a Brock McGinn. Does he even still play for uh Carolina?
1: Well, it's Michael Furlan, but I've also heard that uh Michael Furlan is probably gonna not sign with the uh with the Hurricanes. Oh, Christ. Well, they did their deep playoff run, so now it's time for them to go back to the basement. So then what? You move Martinuk up? Like, that guy's a fourth liner. Like yeah,
0: just It, it seems out. like with that, with that Calvin DeHaan trade that just happened, that they're they're making some room for, for some big
1: stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to go out and get a right winger, especially if they're going to move Furland. Yeah. Or not if they're going to move Furland, or Furland just signed somewhere else.
0: I wonder if uh, Zucrello is going to be a fit there. He's going to test the market, so he's probably just looking for the biggest dollar signs.
1: And but, And also, let's – I mean – like I was saying before, that's even if Justin Williams comes back and he's their first line right winger. Otherwise, wow, they are really fucking hurting on that right side.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. You got to wait for Ajo to get his money, and then they can figure out everybody else. That's how that's how I would do it.
3: Rod Brendamore comes back as player coach. Reg Dunlop.
0: <laughs> All right. I guys. mean,
1: I think he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong.
0: Yeah, he took him. He took him that far. He should have got more chatter in the in the Jack Adams. I think. I uh, Agreed. You're not going to take it away from Barry Trotz. Obviously, what he did was pretty sweet, but you got uh, you nobody to saw him.
2: nobody saw that coming with no. uh, Trotz in the Islanders. Nope. You know, it's funny. People here were like so pissed Baruby didn't win Coach. There, I'm like, guys, Tr- they weren't even picked to make the playoffs in the Island. They lost John Severis yeah. and they went won a series. So. And besides, who's got Candling the trophies too. that really matter?
3: Yeah, I was going to say, how greedy can you guys get? I'm surprised <laughs> There wasn't clattering for
1: uh, Bennington when the Vesna
0: give him all the trophies. Fuck
3: yeah. it.
1: All
0: <laughs> right, let's let's move <laughs> well, into I this. Know there was
1: a lot of chatter, at least about him winning the winning the Calder.
0: Yeah, but you, you can't take away what Elias Petterson did. He he was so yeah, he was just electric all year. And, and, if but,
2: and if Bennington had played more than half a year, he might have had a better chance at it, but.
1: Yeah, if, I, think it, I think if you guys put him in that position in December, he has the culture.
3: And on top of that, if if the playoffs
1: show us anything, the playoffs are no indication
3: of who's going to win awards. You know, look at Tampa.
0: Yeah, you got Kucherov winning Kuch- the heart.
3: Kucherov winning the heart and uh, we Vasilevsky. Sure. Well, I mean, we,
1: we all know that it's obviously a regular season. They're regular yeah. season awards.
0: Yeah, 128 yeah. points. You can't take that away.
1: No. All
0: right, guys, let's uh, let's talk about some cap hell, right? We're already, <laughs> we were already talking about Vegas being over the cap. They're 83.125, and there's a limit of 81.5 this year. So they're going to have to do and something.
2: That's including the Carlson signing,
1: I'm guessing?
0: Yeah. So, Zach, you were saying earlier that you think they should trade March or so. Yeah, that could get them a pretty penny. That, clear, that clears
1: up $5 million.
0: That would be that would be a nice one.
1: That would be big. And and All that right. gives you uh that gives you a little movement. We were talking about you still have to sign Carlson, right? Uh, uh,
0: I think that, that one's uh, signed and done.
1: Yeah. Oh, it is? What what did that, he end up getting? I think
0: it was like six six and change or something.
1: Six mil a year, eight years.
2: Yeah. Something like that. Well on top of that, you, you still don't have your not backup. Bad.
3: You you don't have your backup goalie signed in Malcolm Subban. You know, Fleury's getting older, injuries happen. Definitely looking on Cat Friendly, it always makes me laugh. You're signing someone who hasn't played in years in David Carlson, $5.25 million until 2021.
2: I also heard a rumor, Tim, about uh, Stasny possibly getting traded as well.
0: I've heard everything except for Mark Stone on that second line. So Pacioretty could get traded, Stasny could get traded. I wouldn't be surprised if they started shopping Riley Smith. Um, as far as like he's super useful and everything, but
2: what well, would be interesting to me is nasty, possibly going back
1: to Colorado. Ooh. Ooh, that
2: would be an interesting one. That All is
1: right. that is kind of sexy. I like the way you talk, <laughs> <laughs>
3: but you know, this is something uh, Littlefoot, you and I talked about last year when Vegas made their Cup run. That was almost a. A blessing and a curse because here Vegas is coming in over the cap. You're going to have to move players and they're not going to be as good. And here's this young team, you know, in NHL standards, you know, only in the league for two years, makes a couple good playoff runs. And this year, you know, if you trade away some big players, you might miss the playoffs. What's that going to do to your fan base who's already been basically spoiled?
0: Quickest team to over the cap in history. Someone raise the banner. Raise the banner. So I'm looking. I'm looking deeper into it. If Stasny goes, um, that opens the door for Cody Glass, which would be pretty interesting. I like the way that that would that would uh, that would come through. I mean, he's, in my opinion, their best um, prospect. I think that looks that looks slick. I mean, you put Cody Glass. I mean, you could put him down in the lineup, but
1: I like Cody Glass.
0: Yeah, the more you, just saying that. I never even thought of that. Paul Stasny to Colorado. That would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that, oh my god, what if they brought back what if they did uh cuz Tyson Berry's been in talks now too. Tyson Berry makes what like 5 million a year I think it is. Send over Nate Schmidt too. Who's 5.95. They've been talking about Colin Miller in trade talks who's getting close to 4. So give up Stasny and Colin Miller for Tyson Berry with some I don't know, maybe like a third round pick or something. That would be
1: It definitely Oh be- man. I
3: like Tyson Berry too. Yeah,
0: that makes makes sense.
3: It opened the door for some wiggle room. And, you know, now you don't have to be haunted by, we really want to sign uh, Eric Carlson because he's locked up in San Jose.
0: San Jose, another team that's like tied up against the cap right now. They have like 10 different players that need to get signed. They don't have room for Pavelski and Meyer. And um, as of right now, they have uh, 14.842 million. They have to sign. A shit ton of people. Kevin LeBlanc, Jonas Donskoy, Michael Haley, Joe Pavelski, Joe Thornton, Gustav Nyquist, Timo Meyer, Dylan Gambrell, whatever. Joaquin Ryan, and Tim Heed. That's a lot of money to spread out.
3: Well, you can definitely see. I don't think they're going to go after Nyquist. And that's not saying, you know, because I liked him in Detroit. I think a a good chunk of that is going to be trying to woo Timo Meyer back to San Jose being an RFA this year. Timo Meyer has the potential to be their top right wing.
0: And that could be a dangerous bridge contract too, because he's just getting better.
2: Yeah. And it also opens the door to offer sheets.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of room there for offer sheets.
2: Like if you really want to screw San Jose, for the fans out there, I got a little info here. So the way offer sheets work is depending on how much money you sign a guy for is – what you would be giving up in compensation? So when it comes to draft picks. Yeah, one point three nine million. There's nothing attached to that. If it's one point three nine to two point one million, you're giving up a third round pick. Two point one to four point two million a year, second round pick. Four point two to six point three million. Talk about a first and a third round pick. So that could be where Meyer would, would fit in there. You're up a first and a third for Timo Meyer essentially. If you six point three to eight point four million, you're talking about three picks: a first, a second, and a third.
0: The old We're getting up the modern heart.
2: territory now. 8.4 to 10.5 million, talking two firsts, a second, and a third. Ooh. And anything over 10.5, four first-round draft picks.
0: Oh, that's painful. And San Jose is pretty good at drafting, so I don't think I would send those draft picks that way. No. I'd be I'd be a little nervous about that. I've actually heard whispers about uh, Nyquist to New Jersey. They're are in need of wings and they got the money, so that could be something we're going to see in the next few days.
3: I'll be upset. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be pissed. I'll be pissed. <laughs> they want to but, do
0: something. Uh, man. Joe
2: Pavelski. I was uh, talking to you. We talked about this earlier. Uh, I was reading an article in the Athletic today by Pierre, Pierre LeBron He was talking about he was talking to Joe Pavelski and talking to Joe Pavelski's agent. The two teams that are going to talk with him that are not that are outside of the Sharks. That I've seen. You talked about Chicago in there as well, uh, TJ. But uh, the two teams I've heard are Dallas and surprisingly Tampa. I don't know how it work with money wise with Tampa. Dallas would be an interesting. They're going to give them beachfront be property. property. Yeah, there you I don't go. See, I don't that's a
0: lot of money.
1: That beachfront property. Yeah. I don't see
0: how they keep Braden Point and Joe Pavelski at that rate. So if, but, if they get Pavelski, they're they're not keeping Point. No because they're not going to pay point the you know the 8 million that he rightfully deserves and put him on the third line center. Cuz obviously Stamkos is going to be a first line center then Pavelski'll be a second. Um, I just don't see it happening. I mean it's a pipe dream. It's a sexy pipe dream at that, but I just don't see it. Oh yeah. Oh
3: Tampa's salivating, but they don't have the money.
0: Dallas Dallas would be interesting because they do need help. I mean, you have everywhere. a great
2: first line. first line. Yeah. You have a great first line, and then after that, there's not really a whole lot there. So one team
3: so uh that would be interesting. One team I did, be did want to talk about for uh Cap Hell. I think it's all one we can laugh at, is the good old Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: Yeah, they're 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 up <laughs> against it.
3: They, <laughs> so just looking at it, you're sitting at uh from my best estimate, four point seven million dollars to work with this summer. Some of the contracts you have Brian Russ locked up at three point five million. Jack Johnson locked up at three point two five million a year. And next year you have to look at <laughs> and next year you have to look at re-signing Matt Murray. Congratulations, Penguins.
0: You are fucked. Two cups in a row. Three cups in what? Like five years. That's what happens.
1: Yeah, I, but, think, Brian, I think Brian Russ is worth three million dollars.
0: Yeah, that's not that's not the worst.
1: You. No, you the worst. I, I I think that that's a perfectly fine contract in my my opinion.
3: I was probably who's the other Russ that w- was on uh Pittsburgh and then moved to New York that I was probably thinking of. Oh shit. Oh no
1: Erica
2: Branson four million dollars. Oh four million dollar it for Erica Brian Dumoulin, four point one million dollars.
1: Yeah, I mean those are the things that are killing you, not Brian Russ fucking three million dollars. It's definitely Patrick. Brian Dumoulin making four point one.
0: Yeah, it's Patrick uh Patrick Hornquist making five three Brian Dumoulin making a ton of money. Erica Branson, like you said, like
2: and there's they're, they're trying, trying to trade and yeah. they had a trade play place to go to the wild and uh the filler's just like, nope, that ain't happening. I'm not going to the fucking wild. So I don't, I don't think
3: they have good hot
0: talks a- there. <laughs> there's uh there's Kessel and um Chicago talks now too. So
3: well, and it seems like every couple of years there's also trade uh trade talk about Afgeny Malkin. Earlier this, this season, there's trade talk of Afghani Malkin, and a couple of years ago, trade talk of Afghani Malkin. So is that just, you know, people talking out their ass, or is that something Pittsburgh's actually trying to shop around?
0: If they get the right return, I'm sure they'd be all about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they get out from under that $9.5
0: But he's still a guy that put put up 100 points. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's, he's a guy who's won a hard trophy. He's a couple hard trophies, Art Ross trophies. So he's – and he's still – playing at a good level so I mean, what could they get for him? what what would what would be the asking point if you said yeah we're listening on Evgeny Malkin what would you take for him would that two number ones like what are we what are we talking about here as far as what would they what would they envision as a return for him
0: you got to have a roster player if they're, yeah, if yeah you don't have that one two down the center the penguins are just not the penguins so there's got to be a right return I know maybe Paul Stasny bites on that one, but it's not gonna. You're not gonna send nine million dollars to the to the Vegas Knights right now. No, and Pittsburgh sure is <laughs> shit on salary.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah they'll go from being two million over the cap to five million over the cap. So yeah, that's that's not gonna work. Uh, no bueno. That's not. Oh, well, maybe. No bueno.
3: Maybe New Jersey bites at it. You know, New Jersey's biting at everything right now to trying to
0: bolster <laughs> that lineup. Yeah, they are. Uh, how about Edmonton, man? I you got <laughs> oh my god. You got a quarter um, quarter of your cap tied up in dry side and McDavid. I don't think anybody can can really knock those. You have the greatest player in the league and then you have Connor McDavid, too.
3: Dude, that, so.
0: That's not what kills you. What's killing Quick. you is that Lucic deal. Lucic and, and then the Koskinen, just the double middle fingers on his way out the door, giving four point five to to him and uh
3: Chris Russell's at four million dollars right now too. Yeah, and it's a
2: carrot at five point five million. He can't stay healthy. Yeah, and he so that's not game
0: in how fucking long. On top
3: of that, at the end of this upcoming season, you're only going to have eight players signed to contracts, not including your goaltender.
0: That's not even a full lineup right there. No, no, that's that's beer league at ten thirty. They're going to have to start bringing up a lot of these kids, and they're going to have to shed contracts. They're going to have to retain salary. Maybe they send. You know Luchich to New Jersey, Luchich or New Jersey just seems to be the dumping ground right now for money.
2: Here's the problem with trying to dump Luchich full no movement clause.
1: Oh, oh, Jesus! So I'm they crying. couldn't
2: even, they could even dump him to Seattle next year if they wanted to because they have to protect him with the no movement clause. Oh, well, so, hey, no, what's this kind of what's Nugent Hopkins
3: deal look like? Him.
0: Nugent Hopkins is getting a pretty sweet six mil.
3: Yeah, but does he have that new, no movement clause as well? That could be a player that you know you could have someone bite at. Player
2: but... that has a, Well, actually, the only players right now that have no movement clauses. McDavid hasn't even kicked in yet. Like his, he doesn't. Have, he doesn't have one on his. It's Lucic. is a modified no tra- uh, no trade clause, and then. Russ, uh, Chris Russell's a modified no trade and no movement clause.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, Ken Holland. You so were, the
2: guys you need to get rid of, you can't get rid of right now. Ken which... Holland. You... Yeah, but so
1: with the modified no trade clause, uh, I mean, they still have teams to pick from, correct? Yeah, they right. can pick those. I think just
2: like a 10-team list or something, I believe, right?
1: Well, that's better so than Jacob Trubis list. So he, hey, he did
2: it for his girlfriend. He did it for his girlfriend for their career. Where have we heard that story? Before? Did he really? That's what he said. That's oh. what he said. Like, my wife's career is, more, is as important as my, is my career. She's trying to be a doctor or something. So, I guess she's going to school. and am I going to medical school in New York or something? I don't know. All like, right.
0: That's good, good for him.
1: For With all those head injuries, yeah. he's going to need that.
0: So, I mean, this UFA market is really gonna it's going to play out over, I mean, what, July 1st, it opens up. So, next week. Uh, actually, a week from today. Well, you're probably
2: going to start hearing some stuff probably the next few days because you're yeah. talking to teams right now. So you're going to have you have players talking to teams right now, and it's going to be boom, 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 That's the thing I love about the NHL is that July 1st comes, and whenever you can start signing players, you just see this list just populate, populate all the way down. Oh, yeah. Just pop, And it's unlike other sports where you're waiting for – two weeks before somebody signs, NHL does it. Does a pretty good job with it.
3: The other real big team, I don't know if you guys covered them, who has trade help, or cap-held problems is the Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, think it, it's all over uh, the news. Okay. Anywhere you look on hockey, anything, Toronto comes up, Marner this, Kappen in that. Now Dennis, it's this.
3: Jo- Johansson, uh, I expect them to lose Jake Gardner. Um, he's going to get a big payday. Uh, you don't have a backup goalie. Once again, thank you for you know the humor that it is. You're still paying Nathan Horton uh, $5.3 <laughs> $5. million a year. Tragic story with Nathan Horton, but still $5.3 million a year. Ugh.
2: You're seeing the game of chicken being played right now between Mitch Marner, his agent, and Kyle Dubas. Yeah. Kyle Dubas was quoted in the news the other day about saying... Remember a few months ago, Kyle Dubas came out and said, Oh, we're going to match anything these guys sign. Well, now we're getting towards the meat of it now. We're getting, July 1st, is getting closer. And you're starting to hear him say, Well, we might not match if somebody gives us, if somebody's dumb enough to give Mitch Marner $11 million a year, Matthew's money, I take the four picks. I'm yeah. not, not going to lie. I yeah. I'd take the four picks at that point. So I think it comes down to does Marner really want to stay in Toronto or does he want to get paid?
0: I think he wants he wants both. Yeah,
2: he wants
1: both, but if he has to choose, he's gonna have to make a decision because but you're looking well, at he's, he's obviously gonna choose to get paid. But yes, I, I full well do believe in my heart that Mitch Martin, he wants to play for Toronto. It's not like he doesn't, but I mean if they're if they're gonna lowball him, I don't blame him for leaving. Yeah, no. you look
0: at Harris who got eleven. You look at uh, Matthews who got eleven points. Yeah, his his
1: best friend got Eleven six, and he's sitting there waiting. But it was also said that they didn't want to do uh, any talking about anything like that during the season, so yeah. they've been waiting for this time. So uh, don't—I mean—don't act like it hasn't been in motion.
0: This is the guy that led the team in points too. Probably yeah. Yeah. he could be the best Leaf in all of like Leafs history. Better than Sundin, anybody. He could be. That's the a best tall, That is a
1: tall. Yeah.
0: He's twenty two. He's twenty two. Wait,
1: what? What?
0: twenty two, and he had what 90, 92 points this year. Christ,
3: this kid's. Jeez, I, I couldn't. I don't know if you can say best in Leafs history because this is a storied franchise. Since 19- not yet.
0: He could be, and and that door is wide open. He that's for the taking. I mean, Austin Matthews could be the very well be, be the best Leaf in all of Leafs history.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> Toronto's waited fifty some years to win a cup. Yeah, you win a cup in Toronto. Like we talk about here in St. Louis, with the Blues win the cup, those guys are fucking legends. Mm-hmm. You will beat a god in Toronto if you help them win a cup.
3: They've
0: yeah. already started
3: planning the Austin Matthews statue.
0: Yeah, they're gonna do like a Mount Rushmore yeah. with all their faces.
1: It's with be all, all of their faces match. being Austin Matthews, just four Austin Matthews faces, and and, <laughs> and uh,
3: Frederick Anderson's
1: backbone because that carried them there.
3: Yeah,
0: for most of the way.
1: Yeah. What I think is interesting is some really solid role players like Andreas Janssen and Kasperi Kapanen, where are they gonna end up? Because most likely it won't be Toronto in in, in the long run. Well
2: actually I've heard I've heard uh through the rumor mill that they have agreements in place with both of those players.
0: Yeah, they're like three point two and three point three. They they have a uh,
2: so they have those guys they just can't sign, sign. Yeah. The guys okay. can't sign ready to sign. Yeah. I just can't sign them yet.
0: Can't put on the paper till July one.
3: And on top of that, you know, there's also the rumors going around about Nazem Kadri and his, you know, exodus of Toronto. What's going to happen there? Because if I was Maple Leafs ownership, I get I'd chip that cancer out right now.
0: But they need to bring a center back. That's the ask for it. And maybe they'll get a cheap yeah. center. Yeah. Uh, you know, now that the Flyers have twelve centers, maybe we can bring in Nazem Kadri. Who knows? We need to bring some grit in. So maybe that's uh maybe that's half of what it is. Yep, there it is, official Carlson eight year contract extension. William Carlson. Damn. But anyway, um, on Twitter at the Ducks Coach wanted to know uh, your guys' opinion on John Gibson and his just his whole year this year of him being underappreciated. To respond to that, I think he wasn't underappreciated. Everybody knew how good he was, but it just you can't you can't have those kind of numbers and you know, he'll be losing games one to zero. You can't carry
2: I mean, you the whole team. him to carry the fucking team, and his back basically gave out on a mid. He got hurt mid season because of that. the The ducks fall from grace. We haven't seen like you go from being in the conference final just a couple years ago to one of the, of the worst
0: teams in the league this year. One
2: of the worst yeah. teams in the league. If I have Corey Perry, I mean. John Gibson's a great goalie. They chose him. They traded away Frederick Anderson for a reason because they believed in this guy, mm-hmm. and for the most part, he's delivered.
3: Frederick Anderson or not, Frederick uh, Gibson could be the best goalie in Ducks history thus far.
0: You, you know? give him, you give him some offensive support. I guarantee he's going to win a Vezina in the next five years.
3: Oh yeah, most definitely.
0: If he, most. if you can put some wins under his belt, like he he deserves it. He's he's got that caliber of goalie in him. Where he could be a franchise goalie, he already is. You just need to have the rest of the team on board, and you—I you, don't know—when everybody else is sleeping, and John Gibson's the only one that gives a fuck. Like, it hurts my feelings.
3: I think the underappreciated comes from like you have Vasilevsky and Kari Price and Henrik Lundqvist, and uh, now Jordan Biddington playing. You have all these high-caliber goaltenders. Who have that you know that name and they're doing great things. and Then you have Gibson, who's playing on a shit you know a shithole of a team. He's not going to get that recognition because the team in front of him sucks.
2: I think it's also an exposure thing too because you're playing on the West Coast. You're playing your games aren't being televised till nine o'clock at night. Ten o'clock at night in on the East Coast. So you have guys that you're not seeing them play all the night unless you see them play on the, the Flyers. England, you play with him playing on the East Coast. So there's that part of it. And Anaheim's not, you know, if he's playing in on the East Coast or a Toronto or a Montreal or a Chicago or a Boston. Yeah. You know, at a big hockey market, I think you'd be hearing him talked about a lot more, but he's playing in Anaheim.
3: And you're competing and in
2: he's also playing the shadow of Jonathan Quick to I was extent as just well.
3: Just about to say that. He- He's not even the most recognizable goaltender out of California. You have Jonathan Quick. If you even want to expand into the the whole area, you have to go against Jonathan Quick and Mark Andre Fleury. You know, arguably you're the third highest known player or third highest known goaltender in that division, and occasionally Martin Jones even gives you a run for your money. Yeah. When Martin Jones decides to play.
0: <laughs> Once every other game.
3: Yeah, you know. He's got that old, old-fashioned TJ Oshi symptom. <laughs> all
0: right, what herpes? Think- <laughs> yes, oh, herpes. <Herbic>. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfect place to to end it up. Uh, I think that's all we got time for tonight. Yeah, guys. Always a pleasure having you guys on. Yeah. And, thank you. Uh, thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope uh the next, time you- the next time you guys record that it goes through and uh, we'll be able to listen to you guys and we'll be on your podcast one day.
3: Oh, most definitely. That's what we're hoping for. Well, we got that good dry run in, so we we have the flow down. <laughs> good. That sounds, that sounds hot. Oh, you know it. You know it.
0: All right. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks for just stopping in. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. That's it for us tonight on the five hole with DL. I guess we're going with uh, four for spearing. <laughs> we're still mulling yeah. over that, that combo name. So
1: That also sounds hot. Just just an orgy of hockey knowledge. Yeah, just, was four good <laughs> spearing each other, you know? <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Thanks again for to for stopping by. Thanks everybody else for listening in. You can find DL Hockey at DL underscore Hockey on Twitter, and you can find us at FHF Hockey. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe if you guys are digging it. All that stuff. Follow us on Twitter. Follow DL on Twitter. We hope you guys have a great rest of the day, night, whatever you're doing, and we love you.
1: Thanks, guys. Love you, everybody. See you later. Love you, Caitlin. (laughs) Hey, gotta give her a send off.